All in the Rhythm, the Blueprint Series. I am Philip Llanos, your host. This show is about how personal philosophy affects creative work and life. You'll hear from successful writers, vloggers, and business content creators that are living proof of the benefits of discipline. Beyond bragging rights, this show is about sharing their blueprint with you. Open heart, open mind, and ask questions. Maybe this is the blueprint for you. I want to tell you a little bit about our guest today. His name is Rand Fishkin, and he goes by the ludicrous title of Wizard of Moz. He's founder and former CEO of SEO software startup Moz, host of Whiteboard Fridays, which I'm a big fan of personally, co-author of a pair of books on SEO, co-founder of Inbound.org, and serves on the board of the presentation software firm Haiku Deck. Rand's currently writing a book for Penguin Random House on the ups and downs of startup culture due out in 2018. Over the last decade, Moz has grown to become one of the most visible companies in the marketing world to the point where he's been invited to speak at Google, Facebook, Microsoft, and he's even given presentations at the United Nations, Stanford University, Public Media, NPR, Y Combinator, and Hackers and Founders. Rand, I'm a big fan of your Whiteboard Fridays. When I first came across them, I was working at a marketing agency in New York, and it served me very well and it allowed me to get promoted several times over just because I would bring the insights that you were dropping, the knowledge bombs, voraciously watched your videos and I said to myself, God, this guy really gets it. And he's so committed to just putting out content consistently. Now that's not something that everybody can do. So I have to know, do you have a personal philosophy? Yeah. uh, I think personal philosophy is probably the best way to describe it, right? Because for me, content, you know, production and sort of sharing things that I learned and sharing uh, my experiences and trying to help people understand, you know, both the practices of SEO and, you know, as I've, as I've come to share more things about uh, broader web marketing as well as, you know, entrepreneurship and tech, I think that comes just from a deep-rooted place of wanting to share. I, you know, I have this, <laughs> I like to say that there's a hole in my chest. You can't see it, but this giant hole, and it can only be filled by the praise of, uh, you know, people across the web and, and, and friends and colleagues saying like, that thing you made really helped me to understand this concept or do this thing or accomplish that task or, yeah, to your point, get a raise or move up in my profession. Uh, and the hole empties out pretty much every week. So if I'm not producing new things, sharing new things that people find valuable and getting that praise, you know, that, that hole is empty. Um, for me, it's like a, you know, a calling, a need. It's, it's less tactical and less about marketing and and building a brand and more just about satisfying this um, compulsion that I have. It's also so well formulated and targeted. So are you saying that even though it does come from a place of literally just great needs, which makes it essentially an art, what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that's definitely true is as you invest in, well, I think in any practice, right? What you find is that you're terrible at it when you start in content marketing and SEO uh, and social media and, you know, whatever channels you p- choose to pursue uh, to market your business or your personal brand or whatever it is, your, whatever message you're trying to share, you will suck at it. I sucked at it. I don't know if you, you know, Philip, I don't know if you've ever watched the, the Whiteboard Fridays from like 2007, 2008, even 09. They were awful. I mean, they are, you know, some of the content is mildly helpful potentially, at least at the time, but the production value is bad. You know, I'm bad on camera. 
the editing's terrible, the lighting's bad, um, you know, the content itself is, I, I'll make a mistake and go back and, you know, not correct it. It's, it's pretty terrible. But by investing in it over time, over many, many years, we got better at it. And what we, what we found, you know, when Whiteboard Friday first launched, uh, probably for the first two years it was out there, it performed worse than all the rest of our content. So it was the it was the worst performing post on average that we would produce each week uh, for Moz. And I, you know I was writing for the Moz blog, you know, whatever four days a week, and then posting Whiteboard Friday on on Friday. Uh, and we stuck with it because we we felt like, and I really felt like, once we got good at it, it would turn into something powerful. And I thought that because video was an unusual medium for sharing, you know, SEO information, uh, that that we had an advantage, a competitive advantage that we could uh, build. And, you know, turns out that that assumption was correct. Uh, three years into it, you know, Whiteboard Friday was among the uh, sort of performing at more of an average level. And these days, just, you know, 10 years later, uh, it is consistently the best performing content that we put out uh, on Moz. And, you, you know, we have, we have a bunch of ways of tracking the metrics from, you know, assisted conversion. So does the... You know, does the content we produce uh, result in people who viewed that content taking a free trial of Moz or, you know, converting to a paid membership, that kind of thing. And Whiteboard Friday is, is consistently on top, not just in terms of, you know, conversion metrics, but also traffic metrics and social sharing and visibility. Um, so, yeah, very, very powerful thing to sort of be willing to invest in something for the long term, even when the early returns don't look good. You were able to do that while simultaneously running a company. One of the biggest pushbacks <laughs> I get as, a, as someone who's looking to help people create content is that they simply can't schedule the time. They don't find the time. But you say this comes from a need, so time isn't, isn't the issue. Is that what's going on? Well, that's part of it. I, uh, I, I also don't have children, <laughs> which I think is a cheat code. <laughs> Many folks are, are strapped uh, in that way. But, but, you know, I would say a few things about that. One is you, the CEO and founder do not have to be the content creator, right? You, you can either outsource this or, or hire people, um, bring people into the fold to, to do that work for you. Uh, and if you prioritize it in terms of your marketing spend and your investments and, you know, your employee costs, you can absolutely uh, do it that way. The second thing I'd say is it doesn't have to be weekly. Right. I mean, I think that that Whiteboard Friday could easily be something that only happens on the first Friday of every month. Right. And it's, you know, and, and you make it more of a special event. But I only film 12 of them a year instead of 52. And that works. You know, that would that would work just fine as well. Um, so the cadence can be up to you and the investment uh, can be up to you. It is not you know, there's not a forced schedule for any of this stuff. I, uh, good examples of this. Think of uh, Kleiner Perkins, Caulfield Buyers, right? KPCB in the in the venture space. They produce basically one piece of content a year. It's it's Mary Meeker's Internet Trends Report, which pretty much everyone in the technology field and many hundreds of thousands of people outside the technology field read. Uh, and that report is something people look forward to, and they will use in their slide decks, you know, for for that whole year. And you know, people chart trends across it, and that. That one document has probably made KPCB's reputation in the field, um, you know, massively bigger and built their brand uh, vastly more than any other piece of, you know, marketing work that they've done. But they only do one of it and, and only one person works on it and it's only produced once a year. So, you know, it is not the case that you have to try and 
uh, find time every day or every week for this stuff. It, it can be a, a more occasional effort. So would you say that KPCB would have a, I don't want you to speak for them, but if, if you, if you had to guess, do you think there's a sense of, of mission involved? And is there a sense of mission involved in, in, in Whiteboard Fridays now? I mean, for Moz, absolutely. Right. Because for me, you know, the mission is, um, make information about SEO and web marketing accessible to everyone. Um, and, and, and help people do better marketing, right? That is, that is my mission. That's, that's been Moz's mission for, you know, the last, uh, 13 years now. But for KPCB, I think Mary Meeker's Internet Trends Report is really a strategic uh, piece of content that is created to help them um, both understand the landscape of, you know, the, the, the fields that they're making investments in and also to increase, improve their reputation among technologists and entrepreneurs and people in the startup world so that when someone says, hey, you should talk to so-and-so at KPCB, Everyone goes, oh, yeah, I've heard of them. I know them. You know, they're thought leaders in this space. They know what they're doing. They're savvy. I would love to talk to them. I would love to see if they're a, a good match for my, you know, for the company I'm building, that kind of thing. And I think, I think the, the Internet Trends Report has been very successful for them in terms of helping to improve their brand reputation and their, uh, their recognition and get them probably a bunch of deals that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten. Speaking of brand and reputation, uh, you happen to be the wizard. Now, did you sort of fall into that or did you did you decide, you know what, I need to create this? And because, I mean, the mustache is wicked and it's definitely cool. I can't grow one like that. I haven't I just don't have the discipline. So maybe there's something you can you can share just on that topic in regards to branding or if this is just something that you personally just do for yourself. Yeah, I mean, on the personal branding front, I've, I've done things for years. So the first conference I ever went to in the in the marketing space was, was 2005 and I'd only ever, you know, connected with folks online. So I think I, I mentioned on my blog that I'd be wearing uh, yellow shoes, right? And now, now that's sort of become a trademark that, you know, you'll see Rand on stage with in, in yellow shoes, but um, the mustache, that was less personal branding and more um, internal bet gone awry. So I, uh, when I was CEO of Moz in 2013, I basically told uh, told everyone at the company, "Hey, I'm going to grow my mustache out until we're profitable again," um, because I think you know I think it's very important for 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 Moz to be profitable. And um, even though we're venture backed and that's unusual, that's something that that um, that was always you know important to me. When I stepped down as CEO, I I sort of expected that the you know my successor would would take up that mantle and continue aiming towards profitability. But she chose um, instead to sort of do a bend faster to grow faster uh, strategy. And so I ended up having a mustache for three years. Uh, and we only got back to being profitable again in January of this year. So I shaved it in February. Um, so you know, I no longer have the mustache. But yeah, it's one of those uh, don't bet your facial hair on uh, company metrics that you can't control lessons. It's, it's definitely better than shaving off the eyebrows. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Uh, that's amazing. I, I just, I had to ask because it's definitely one of the defining characteristics and uh, it, I, as somebody who does what you do, I had, I had to know whether it was on purpose or is some seriously <laughs> gone wrong bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, and, and you know, I have to ask just out of curiosity, do you, do you listen to any podcasts at all? I do actually. I, um, uh, my wife and I pretty much re pretty regularly listen to Pod Save America. Um, 
and have ventured into some other podcasts as well, but that's probably the one we're most religious about. What, what do you think is, is the appeal to you about it? I mean, if, you could, if I could just ask. Oh, sure. Um, I think it's one of those podcasts that makes me feel smarter and more informed about, you know, what things are going on. I'm, I'm a relative, I wouldn't say I'm a political junkie, but I'm someone who likes to stay very informed about political topics. You know, the nice thing about Pod Save America is those are three guys who worked in various roles uh, in, in the White House for the previous administration, but have a really good understanding of kind of the mechanics and the underpinnings of American politics at the national level work and function, how government works and functions, you know, and so when they when they analyze a topic, they'll sort of have very interesting insights about, hey, you know, when, for example, you know, uh, if uh, the United States wants to engage in a in a nuclear war, what, what does that actually look like? Who who has to talk to who? Uh, who can approve it? Who can stop it from happening? Uh, what you know, what, what is sort of the. Um, order of operations there. Um, what are the players? You know, what are the political consequences and and all of those kinds of things? And that's really good to sort of feel like you have an understanding of it from a an operations level. Uh, and maybe that's just you know the CEO and me who sort of likes to likes to understand the inner workings. One of the main reasons why I'm so happy to have you on is because you are living proof that content done right can do amazing things for not only the world and its education at large, but also for a company. And, at, oh, you know, yeah. and I deal with entrepreneurs on a regular basis as, as anyone in business would. And, and it's really, it's really refreshing to have it come straight from experience to be able to say, yes, creating and building relationships is still important. It's not just about the bottom line. There is no way to, no one shares ads. <laughs> no, they do not. You know, and and it's it's just amazing to to say with confidence to have someone here who has lived it. Sure. I mean, when did when did you first decide? You know, I'm I think content is going to be the way to make that happen. Were you able to see it as a wave that was coming, or uh, the other way around? Actually, so I started investing in content and then realized I could build a business from that. So you know, when I started the the Moz blog, it was then called SEO Moz. Uh, this was back in 2003. Um, and basically, you know, I had been putzing around on a bunch of you know, forums and other websites and commenting on other people's stuff. And I decided I wanted a place to share my own content. And so I uh, started that up. Um, and over time, you know, over the next few years, sort of built up a lot of traffic to this site. And, you know, it was all these professional SEOs and web marketers coming and reading, uh, trying to learn about, uh, you know, the practice of SEO. And, you know, we had built some tools for ourselves. We made those, um, you know, publicly available through a subscription and we didn't know what SaaS was, right? We didn't, we didn't understand subscription businesses at all, but, um, we, when we launched those, the, the fact that this content was attracting all of these sort of right visitors and right customers for us meant that, uh, we had a built-in audience who was ready to buy and excited to buy. And that, uh, you know, that turned into a really exciting business. And, you know, today Moz is probably around a $45 million a year company uh, with 160 odd people um, and, you know, 30,000 plus customers. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been really kind of exciting to see how content can build the basis for a business. 
I learned from one of your videos that search engines can't necessarily develop an understanding of what a video is is communicating or or what an audio track is communicating without some surrounding text. Yeah. Right. So that tells me automatically my my the implication that I receive is that blogs are going to be around for a very long time. Well, and transcriptions too, right? So we, we you know we use a service called SpeechPad for Whiteboard Friday, and they do basically a very high-quality manual hand translation or, or transcription uh, of the content. And then, you know, we they, they break that out into paragraphs and they format things, and they'll take little um, clips of the visual from the Whiteboard uh, image and put that into the post itself. And, you know, it makes for a much higher-quality experience. And I think it's something high, like 40%, maybe 45% of, of visitors who visit a Whiteboard Friday video don't actually watch the video but they read the content. And so that transcription is hugely important. You know, maybe you're on a bus and, you know, you don't, you don't have your headphones. You, so you read instead of watching, or maybe, you know, you're, um, you're at work and you can't uh, watch a video right then, or you want to be able to read word by word, or you want to be able to copy and paste things. Uh, so I think that, I think that transcriptions are hugely helpful, whether, whether your format is audio or video, uh, that transcription, I think, is is crucial not only to search engines but also to human visitors. And and one of the things that that I always try to start off any conversation with whenever I'm talking to someone about creating content, and maybe you can you can add to this, is uh, I'll tell them, I mean, what is your purpose for creating this content to begin with? Are you looking to educate, to inspire, yeah. you know, to no, entertain? No, I mean, I, I I always say like content for its own sake is worthless, right? You need to have a strategy behind that. Why? Who are you trying to reach? How will you influence them? How, why will this piece of content uh, be, be helpful to them? Why will it be something that makes them like you, remember you, want to amplify you? Uh, you know, one of the questions that I always tell marketers is, you know, if you don't have a great answer to the question, who will help amplify this and why, don't produce it. Don't bother making it. This is worthless. Content that sits on your website that no one sees, why bother? Why, why'd you do that? Uh, awesome talking with you and uh, and look forward to connecting in the future too. Thank you for coming on to the show and uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for listening. I hope this blueprint will help you own the rhythm in your space. Feel free to subscribe and reach out to me on Instagram and Twitter at Philip Lanos, P-H-I-L-L-I-P-L-A-N-O-S. Also, you can visit ownTheRhythm.com if you want help producing your podcast. Open heart, open mind, and ask questions. Stay tuned for the next Blueprint.